0: fun um you, have you got a motif ready yes
1: i was gonna <laughs> i was just gonna i was just gonna go back to i was gonna go back to my tried and my tried and tested one but i haven't done it for a few sure. weeks so what, i what could absolutely saying, right? stuff it stop no, it save, it for, that, save it for the podcast <laughs> save that's that's it for the save it all right let's just let's just go and see how it goes all right ladies and gentlemen Welcome to episode seven of the Board Game Gateway podcast. My name is Neba and I am joined today by Mr. Ralph. Hello, everyone. Welcome. And for the first time in our illustrious career, I say having only recorded six podcasts to this point, uh, we are actually welcoming our very first guest, uh, friend of the show, friend of Ralph, Mr. Red. Mr. Redmond, how are you, sir? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. That's great to hear. Oh, no. Ralph, I totally forgot the motif. I've given you guys crap about it for two weeks, and i oh, totally man. forgot the... To... No, it's you okay. should No, no. We'll, we'll, no, I can do it, right? We'll just do it right no, now. Ready? There's,
0: there's no redos in Board Game Gateway, mate. Once you finish oh. your turn, that's it. Well, <laughs> you game... let go of the piece. <laughs>
1: that, yeah. Touch move. Touch move. Uh, uh... The, the board game gateway, but it is the place where you can find your entry point into the world of board gaming. Yes, got it. Still got that's it in bad. there.
0: That's still, not bad. I like it. St- still
1: got it in there. Uh, nice. If that's, not, if that's not the quality of the podcast that you've come to know, then I don't know what is. I don't think I'm going to hear the end of it from Matt or from Blake or from, from any of you guys. Uh, but anyway, if it's the first time you're tuning in to our podcast, we uh, love to have a bit of a chat. Um, about obviously board games and tabletop games anything that we can play around the tabletop Um, and we are very excited to welcome Red uh, because he is going to be having a chat about a couple of games uh, uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill later in the podcast so we're excited to talk about that Um, and we're also going to have a chat about uh, some of the games that we've been playing this week and uh, Ralph I'd like to open with you what games have you been playing this week what what uh in the past, you know you weren't with the last recording, so you've probably got a lot more ammo under your belt, but uh you know, hit us with something that you've been playing at the moment
0: yeah so um we we touched last week about uh board game arena, which is a website that you can actually play board games uh you know in real time or turn by turn, so mm-hmm. I'm currently in a turn by turn game of Gaia project Ooh. and um I'm playing it with three other fellas um and we're all we all have full time jobs and Tell you what, you've got two days to take your turn, and I mm-hmm. think some of us are already pretty much out of time. So, wow. So it's, uh, it is quite rough because uh, if I take my turn, someone else will have to log in and, and do their turn. So um, manage that with four people is quite tough. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't actually got any games to the table, to the actual tabletop this week, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, still, Board Game Arena still counts. Uh, Definitely. To... And Tabletop Simulator. And Yukata or whatever, whatever it's called, or any any online uh, <laughs> any site counts. We we don't we don't discard them. So the Gaia Project, I haven't played yet. Um, it is a darling of the board game scene, but it is the sequel to Terra Mystica, pretty much. It's very much a quintessential yeah, terraforming sort of thing. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it is. So um, uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about it in a later episode in more detail. But essentially, uh, it's kind of a a euro game where you sort of slowly take your moves and you you get stronger as you play um it's quite a complex one so i'm actually struggling to get my head around it and i've only had two games of it i've never won <laughs> so uh not not a bad record but it is a lot of fun where you sort of just uh terraform planets and you know build build things on them like buildings and things so uh you Know, I'm probably not doing it justice. Uh, I've only, had, I've only had two or three games of it, but it's a lot of fun. I was gonna it's say,
1: if you're not into the board gaming scene, just what people would probably go, well, oh, you know, terraforming <laughs> a planet, why did, does uh, that sounds like it should be fun? And it, believe me, it, it is, fun. is, it very yeah, much it is. is. We have a whole game completely devoted to terraforming a single planet, uh, yeah, which is actually a favorite by a couple of our things. Uh, but yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, Red, we will pass to you as well. What have you? Uh, look, y- you haven't recorded with us before, no, so you've you're, got you're the
0: entirety of your existence to pull from. Uh, <laughs> from... I, I want to know, Red, actually, what was your sort of gateway game, that, the thing that actually oh. sort of got you gaming?
1: That's a very good
2: question. Great question, actually. Um, I think for me, the uh, big gateway board game, beyond just your sort of family game night type of games, was actually Catan. So oh, know.
1: right. Our classic.
2: Yeah, Ralph and I bonded over it fairly early on. He asked me what I was doing one weekend at work, which also alludes to how I know Ralph and Ergo and here tonight. When uh, we met at work, he asked me what I was doing one weekend and after uh, the required amount of kind of sussing each other out and whether you can discuss these sorts of things openly, I said, yeah, played a board game over the weekend with some friends. He asked me what one and yeah, it was Catan. And from that point forward, Ralph has actually been uh, my guide on a lot of games, which is fantastic for me because I quite like board games and don't like reading rule books. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> we all we all need a rules uh, law master in our board game group, don't we?
0: It was actually funny because we, we worked at a law firm as well and we hated reading.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't. I was about to say, I don't know anyone who likes reading it. And I'm like, no, I know a lot of people who like reading. But reading rule books is a very specific kind of beast, I think. It's very much a, uh, you know, it's you learn you're, it's like reading non-fiction <laughs> for the purposes of, you know, it's like, why am I doing this? Uh, Like, it's like, it's reading an instruction manual and then going, oh, now I need to actually do something here. So... Yeah, oh that's that's great to hear. It's good to hear that uh look, the places where we meet each other I think is going to be is is a topic that we could talk about in earnest as well. Uh Catan is always a classic. Uh it is one of those games that I I'm very much uh I respect for what it does. Um and it's been around for a long time now. It's it's not um it is yeah. not it's not uh it's not a spring chicken anymore
0: no definitely not um my wife and i actually was definitely moved on from Catan. uh but so much so like my brother came over uh with his girlfriend and she's not really a, a gamer everything's new to her so we play Catan, Um, uh, much to my um disappointment <laughs> and, um... Sh-
2: to your chagrin <laughs>
0: yeah so what we did uh like i just sort of to prove to my brother it's like it doesn't really hold up in my eyes i can told him like after everyone puts their initial houses and sort of plans um i like what they do my wife and i wrote in our phone which color would win the game based off their starting positions and and we're right like (laughs) so it i'm very interested about those Catan tournaments to see how a pro player would sort of change uh their strategy depending on starting locations and things but uh i don't have the patience to to watch them play that because it's probably a a very quiet affair i imagine (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I saw an interesting post on Reddit, the sub, the board game subreddit yesterday, which said that there was this group of guys that did a twelve-hour game of Catan, but they did it on purpose. They had like all four expansions in one hit, and they, I was like, like I struggled to play Twilight Imperium for four hours. God help me if I play Catan for that long. The other thing which I found interesting that you said Ralph is to see how it differs in pro play which yeah I found when I've been watching I've actually watched it kind of a bit and I found that a lot of it comes down to actually players know the value of resources they know approximately one sheep is worth this mm-hmm. amount of wood based on the locations and numbers so they go well yeah, yeah. a lot of it becomes less about hey I'll trade you yeah, it's the one economy sheep, of yeah, product, sheep yeah two sheep for wood cheap for wood Yeah, when they know that it's like no you have to give me three sheep for a wood
0: for but it to actually make make sense or whatever it is I, t- I tell you what 12 hours of Catan. at that point i'll just be like take my sheep take it i don't want this shit anymore
1: <laughs> yeah i suppose i can imagine so <laughs> but uh look turning from uh let's say turning from your gateway game of choice mr red which uh, Yo, Katan. Know, what what would you say is your flavor of the month, if you will? What what are you currently vibing? What your, your what your what 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 do you like playing?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I'm still somewhat limited with the uh, board games I have at home, but it is expanding. But I definitely think the two games I am vibing right now is uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill, which is good because that's
1: why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> we have a, we have a good chat about that soon.
2: But uh, also, I'm quite a big fan of uh, another game called Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is known ridiculously, but plays so well. That is such a fun game.
1: Yeah, Quacks of Quedlinburg is... Do we, do we all own it? I know I own it. Do you own Yeah, we all own it. We all own Quacks of Quedlinburg. Just from the name yeah. alone, it's one of my favorite games like there's like what I remember when I told my wife about it. She's like, what the hell is this game? I'm like, well it's the the Quacks of Quentlandberg." She goes, yeah, but what does that mean? I go, it's fun. Don't worry about
0: it's, it. A, it sounds like like an Amish album cover or of- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can I can
1: I can uh I can understand that now I think we may have lost Ralph. So what we're gonna do oh he's back. There he is, Discord. You froze up for us there, Ralph. But you're back. It's oh, all good. good. Uh, and then I'm just gonna cut out from the oops and then go from there. Uh but Quacks of Quedlinburg, I, I I that's a great game. I think that you're well on your way to having a good collection if you've got Quacks in your in your collection. Because it is truly one of those games that uh we, we are going to be talking about as our gateway game of the week in the near future. It, it um it, it it's certainly one of those ones. I think the only rule change that I would make about it is that they like, hey, everyone should only do simultaneous pulls in the last round. And I'm like, nah, we all do simultaneous pull from round number one. I don't care if it slows the game down. It's a lot more fun when everyone can see that. But um that's a really good start though, Red. I, I have I, I have a lot of respect for anyone who goes, Oh, you know, this is my I've only just started, and they name two games. And I'm like, nope, that's That's not like, yeah, some people when they go, I've just started my gaming collection. Oh, what have you got? Oh, I've got like, you know, and just one. And I'm like, okay, all right, that's (laughs) it. That's also a start. Yeah, good.
0: Good on on you. (laughs) No, we're not judging those people. No, no, not at all. um, Not at all. Yeah, we're just having a drive. That's all. (laughs) That's awesome. But All I know right. Red um, dabbles in some of the heavier games as well. Like, he's, he's mentioned Spirit Island to me, and I know he was in a, a bit of a rotating roster of Gloomhaven. Um, Red, do you want to say, talk a bit about that experience? Ooh.
2: Yeah, um, look, Gloomhaven is a really big game. Uh, I was, again, blessed to have someone else who knew the rules. And, uh, yeah, fortunately, they were also able to help guide my move because, uh, yeah, there was a lot going on there. But still yeah fun game, there's a lot of uh, narrative components to it, and yeah, if you can get a group of people around, it's a really fun way to spend an afternoon.
1: Yeah, a very big game is kind of an understatement for Gloomhaven. Uh, (laughs) I think they've said, what, it's over 80 hours of content in the game, I believe. Um, So, if you're down for a dungeon crawler, and you like playing that, go for it. So, I, I, look, it's good to know that he dabbles in... uh, in uh, the number, the number one ranked game of all time, according to BoardGameGeek. <laughs> oh, that's all right. But speaking of, we kind of touched on our uh, the Quacks of Krellenberg as an upcoming gateway game of the week. But we actually like to start having a bit of a chat about that now, because um, we are going to have a chat this week about a game called Cairn. K, uh, not K, C, A, I, R, N. And my mind was going Cairns. Like the city in Australia, but then I'm like I can't say the S because it's not there. Um, and this one was suggested by Ralph. Ralph was suggested this game for our yeah. Gateway game of the week, so we're going to let you introduce it, uh, Ralph. But uh, I'm yeah, very sure excited can. to have a chat about this one.
0: Yeah, definitely, because um, you just had your first game of it now, uh, really. So I did. Um, so Can is a fantastic game, definitely a Gateway game for me. Uh, it's a two player game where everyone's uh, plays like. Basically, one side, one's a blue player and the other one's like an orange player and you have like a team of three to start, but eventually you could get up to five pieces to move around on the board. And uh, essentially what you want to do is get to the other side of the board. So think of like sort of a a three by six or so hexes of board, like a chess board in a way. Um, but the game is quite pretty. It's quite colorful as well. So the way the game works is... You can move orthogonally, so sideways or like or diagonally in a way as well, and you can go backwards. And you just want to get to the other end of the board. Now, what's really cool is you have these two little things in the middle. They're called megaliths or monoliths. And the way it works is if your character stands on that little section, you get a bit of a perk or a power up. And that could just be remove one of your opponent's pieces from the board. It could be uh, like a teleport, so you can teleport to the other side of the, of the map in a way, uh, or it could just be simple as do another turn or take another or move an additional hex sort of thing. And what's interesting is during the game, as you reach the other side of the board, more of these turn up. So you could have a bit of a chain reaction to the game, uh, to your move, which is really interesting. So essentially, once you move your player off the map, you get a point, you get to build another megalith. Uh, You get to pick which one goes on there out of two options. Um, And each game is different because, you know, in one game, the most you'll see is like six of these megaliths or these power-up boosts. uh, And I think there's about 12 in the game. So you won't actually see them all during your game. So that will get you a point when you move off the map. The other way you can get a point is by arranging your little figurines in a certain shape to your opponent's piece, and you'll actually banish them by forming that shape and removing them off the board. When you do that, you can build a megalith as well, and that will get your point. So, first to three points wins. And um, that's pretty much the game. The interesting thing, the thing that makes this game interesting for me is when you do a move, that your actions are on these little tiles. So when you move up or down or left or right, you actually flip that tile over. So then on your opponent's turn, he doesn't get, well, they don't get the option to move up, down, left, or right. They get the options to move diagonally. So they can go to the top left or the top right or bottom left or bottom right. So you're constantly taking moves away from your opponent because your opponent might really want to go straight to kill you. But you've taken that option away from them, so you're not only thinking of what what you do, but also what your opponent does. Or I don't want my opponent to do this. So mm. there's quite a bit of depth to this game. But uh, Anth, what did you think of it on your first game?
1: Yeah, uh, I think you kind of touched. On, I really, actually, really enjoyed this for my first game. So for those of you who are, which you kind of touched on, Ralph, this is a bit of a strategy game, and this is the this would be what I would say an introduction to the uh strategy sort of genre so the the grid like the, the field is a five by five grid and you're you can either as you said you can either move a, move one of your shamans which is that's just pieces are called. Hmm. you move them you can jump jump them or you can uh th- what was the third action you can uh, uh sport, oh, another you can
0: sport another one yeah. yeah
1: so you only you start with three you can have up to five on the board and it's, that's it you can either move you jump an opponent to position yourself to get a bit of a boost or you can spawn in another one that's the whole game the Mm. and and so i really enjoyed this game i really liked it i liked what the challenge that it presented um you kind of sold it to me on going oh this is a two-player game it's kind of a bit of a strategy game we'll see how we go you know uh and you know there were a couple of things that confused me. So as we you kind of mentioned, as, as you mentioned, it's first to three points and you gain points mm-hmm. by spawning in the Megaliths. And the yep. only way that you can do that is by banishing your opponent's pieces or by running your piece off their side of the board, like a some sort of weird American football running back, you know, charging the line. But it is tactical because you can only get a point if you spawn the Megalith on a place where there not was, was not one before. Yep. So... It was a really interesting challenge because we had to balance this whole, okay, it's very much a positioning battle because I was moving pieces around and you were moving pieces around. as you said, there were moves where I was looking at my pieces going, okay, I really want to try and move forward. But if I move forward, that will allow the di- He he will get a diagonal move. And if I get a diagonal move, he's going to move directly into there and kill my person, gaining a point setting me back so you had to really time what was going on how this was going down you had to time your push you had to and the great thing is, well you can move backwards so as you you point out to me a few times um but it it really did help it's like i didn't need to advance forward yet i actually kind of was positioning myself to kind of split now i end up winning this game three to two um I don't mean to brag, but I was throwing it a little bit. (laughs) I I think you were I thought you were, but there were a few moments where I was kind of like I could see where the strategy was coming in. And I could see where I was in a in a bad position. I'm like, if I move there, I'm in a bad position. If I do this, I'm doing a really bad position. But the goal of it was like it, it was it ended up being a lot closer than I thought it would be. Now I came out of it and you were like, What did you think? And I said, I don't want to tell you because we have a podcast to record, but my honest reaction was I wanted to play one immediately straight after. I wanted to go put your, put put your shamans back on the board. We're about to go for round two because yeah. I don't feel like I got a lot out of it. Now, the reason no there's no, there's no uh, asymmetry here, so it's kind of like chess-like, but the the um, variability comes from there's a whole bunch of different megaliths that you can spawn in two mm-hmm. start on the board are they always the same two that start no, no, on the it's board all, it's always random okay always so random. I, I i wasn't but then where they come in later is also dependent on where the position of the board so your moves are always the same but the board states will always be different and that's where i got really excited about that now i've spoken about it a bit uh red we're going to pass over to you because you've played this one as well i believe yeah yeah, I believe um, I yeah yes, so I, do, actually. I have this one at home but see look his collections are he's i don't know he's got his collections is like
0: it's going up and up at the moment he bought it during this podcast i think
1: i think (laughs) i'm gonna have to bloody buy it after this podcast are you that's how good but i want to get your take on this red because i'm new to it you've played a bit more than i have um but i want your thoughts on on this game
2: yeah no look it's a really fun game actually and uh Ralph is the one who, again, showed me this game and he hit me with the exact same sales pitch, so it was definitely the first. And in true fashion, he also threw the first game to entice me to play again and then proceeded to stomp me about five games in a row. So it's definitely one of those games where you can finish it very quickly and then you just sort of want to pick it back up again. It's something that kicks around at home now, so if there ever is a situation where there's five, ten minutes of downtime,
1: my wife and I will crack it out and we'll just have a run-through. Yeah, Yeah. that time limit, though, I don't know if it felt like it was a bit long in terms of how the... I say it's a long... It was ten minutes the game took us, but I, as the first player, was asking a lot of questions. I will say, Ralph, the bit that I found the most confusing was... How victory points were actually like how buildings went down that kind of confused me at the start, but once I got over yep. that, I was kind of. I, yeah, I but... wonder if this game is like in always at that consistent six to seven mark. But you've played a bit more than I have.
0: Oh yeah, I've, I've played this a bunch more. Um, I actually brought this into our workplace one time on a, a one of those Friday night drinks, and uh, Red and I played a few games with a beer. Uh, so that was just a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, this game. I tend to take my moves rather quickly. I tend to see something happening and playing that two moves ahead, like to cancel out what my opponent might do. But um, I've played this with my wife, and my wife and a friend of mine were playing on a team, and they were so determined to beat me. Now, eventually they (laughs) did. But the thing is, they took maybe five minutes to take one turn because it really can... you can analyze over this as much as you can, especially later in the game when there's like four or five things you can do a chain reaction of. So, um, And what's really interesting, like I mentioned, you can take moves away from your opponent. Like if they really want to go straight, you can take that action so they can't. But there's ways around it. Like once you see these megaliths and you see the combos, you're like, oh, if I step on this one, I can change where my one, my little meeple is I can swap it with my opponent and then put them in a dangerous location. And then that could trigger something else all on your turn. So it really opens up. Uh, You'll see it as we play more of it (laughs) Yeah, and and I I found those powers to be
1: really straightforward. Uh, We did actually bring in the power of being able to move one of your meeple, one of your shamans. um, And I put that right on my goal line and I realized that was a bit of a dangerous play, but the what what made it not as dangerous, which you were saying, which is that you you kind of mentioned, well, you still have to build the building. So I have to waste a turn getting off that building. And then I've put yep. myself on your front row to potentially, but you could have stepped back and then stepped onto it and, and vice versa. There's a few things That's that, right. could, that could have been done. But yep. the game itself, what I really liked about it is that this is one of those games where I went, oh, I've only got three actions I can do, but it just, you know, it just changes. I was like, oh, you can either go orthogonally or diagonally, or you can jump yourself, or you can jump over an opponent, right? Or that's it, or you spawn on the, the white that section, or the, or the the black, yeah. that's it, that's it, that's the whole game, in a nutshell, not including the powers, but then I was like, huh. All right. Now, BGG says this game should be playing in 25. And I'm like, I can see that, but that would feel like that would be way too long for one of these games. Now, I the the analysis paralysis or AP prone players, I absolutely can see that some players would have would have some issues with that. I um I personally had a couple of moments where I was like, hmm. I spent maybe a couple of minutes thinking about what would happen. Not more about what you were going to do, but more so like, well, if I do this, then that would mean you could do this. Not so much going, well, Ralph's trying to do this, so I should try and do that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I think the analysis paralysis here, the way I would describe this, it's kind of like checkers, but with power-ups in a way. Um, And it's kind of like you know how long can a game of checkers be it could be over in five minutes if people really stare at the board and contemplate life it could take a few hours like um it really depends on the players i tend to to live dangerously and i'll just take my move within five seconds (laughs) apparently it works for for you isn't that right red if he's that
1: dominant at this game
2: yeah, no, absolutely. And he also has the significant advantage of reading the uh, effect of the monoliths, whereas I like to land on them to find out what happens after. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> right. Living dangerously as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the problem is, I'm pretty good at this game, but then that also means no one wants to play with me. So
1: <laughs> you haven't found the right you haven't found the right friends. That's a, like yeah, uh, I think, I think so. you have now because I I used to find this with chess, which is that I used to be really better than a lot of people, but then. Uh, blake who is another host of the podcast you all know but my cousin tom they're very they're a lot better than me and i'm very much in that i'm not done like i can win and have one against them so i'm very much in that i need to continue to try and beat these damn dudes at chess um, and there's other games as well like tom tends to be our very big he's the str- the strategy head you give him like mm-hmm. a game of like memoir 44 or things where he has to start making strategic decisions. He very quickly can calculate those things in his head. Um, and I think that's, this This is one of the things where with Seven Wonders Duel, um, I've, I actually, I, I win pretty consistently against my wife, Georgie. However, I this is the greatest compliment I can give to anyone when we play a board game, which is I say to her, you make me play at 100%. Like, if I even let off the gas for a second, you will win the game, right? But so, because I I, I want you to know that I'm not just like, ah, oh, you won. Oh, so you're so good. Like no, like, no, I'm going to win. So when you beat me, you know you beat me at my best. Like, it was not a yeah. flu.
0: That I, Seven Wonders Jewels is a game that my wife, she beats me pretty much every time at that game. I am terrible at it. <laughs> How about you, Red? How's your wife with, with Khan? How do you find
1: like is is there a dominant one in your relationship or do you find that it's kind of 50 50 that you know when you guys are when you guys are playing
2: no absolutely i feel like with this game in particular it's very well balanced and i mean that just makes it fun and engaging right
0: yeah, yeah, but quacks quacks is a different story, isn't
2: it? Life right? yeah. is cursed with terrible luck, and it is something that brings me so much joy. So quacks <laughs> is something where there is a very heavy skew going on, and we've tried a number of different things, including pulling uh, the draws out and revealing them at every single round, which, like you say, does slow <laughs> the game. We mm. just wanted that, you know, conviction that there was nothing else happening there, so.
0: Lauren, wow. if if you're listening, just while he's not watching, just take all the white ones out of the out of your bag and just see how long it takes for Red to notice. Um, you know, because you win, but you got to you got to win by a little bit, not by a mile. So, so just she, you know, <laughs> she
1: she needs to play with the um with the power up in Quacks that allows you to you know if the next one that you pull or the previous ones that you pull were white, you get extra bonus coins or whatever it is. There's one of those powers. So for those, I'm sure there's a power in Quacks of Bird that says. For every like previous white before you busted, there's a, a, a power oh, yes. up or like a bonus. So she I needs to go one hard the into ones. Yeah, she has to go hard into that. One of the mandrake, mm. the mandrake ones, are always got the, the the good powers. They're
0: fun. They're they're the best ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: look, I I really have to. I've only played one game of this so far, but I was immediately disappointed that there is not a BGA adapt- adaptation of this yet because I mm. was I could honestly play this a lot more. Um, it immediately yeah. gets my initial stamp of of approval for the initial, just initial. Um, I don't know how many, le- how much legs it will have, but it did make me immediately go. I almost want to, play this game and go buy it immediately because that's oh, how it's a, much it's a cheap it.
0: game i think it's like a 30 or 40 dollar game and it looks beautiful in person as well uh we, we played it on tabletop simulator the mod is okay but it really doesn't do it justice it looks beautiful on the table it did continue our streak of talking about games that have a five by five grid in it so last week we
1: talked about uh targi which was a five by five. Oh no no we did it no that was the week before ah i can't remember I- uh, we
0: restarted the streak. Oh, oh no. Zero, zero no. without an accident.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Less than half an hour. I can't remember specifically which one, but, like, but a 5 by 5 grid seems to be a, a bit of a, a you know, thing that people talk about. Uh, no, it was last week because that's right. We did talk about Targi last week. Uh, and, yeah, that's – so two weeks in a row we've talked about a game of 5 by. I, I should stop talking. We should move on. We should move on. But that was uh, – look, that was uh, – can 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 so look. I'm Australian, right? So I'm like, I want to say cans, but what? I it honestly could be can. I don't know. I feel like the can the can yeah can. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's like it's just it's that's what my mind wants me to say. Anyway, it was designed by Christian Martinez. Art the art was done by Vincent Joubert and was uh released in 2019. So it's only three years old, so relatively yeah. new. Um, and published by uh, the board Mag- game box and or Ma- Magagot. Madagot was the guys that yeah Madagot. So look, uh, that was our gateway game of the week, and now we'd like to go and have a chat about the the what your big flavor of the week. Now, Red, we are gonna uh, we got you on here because you and Ralph have uh, been playing uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill you've been playing the legacy version, but we're not going to be talking about that. So don't worry. There's no spoilers, but we did want to bring up this game betrayal at the house on the hill, because this is honestly one of those games that I think is very, very polarizing in this hobby. However, almost everyone that I have talked to who has played this game has said, yeah, I love it. Like, I really love this game. There's some issues, but I love this game.
0: Oh, there's so (laughs) so many many issues. (laughs) Uh, before we dive into it, I actually want to know what what are all your favorite horror movies or your horror tropes?
1: That is a question I was not expecting you to ask. I will yeah. be very honest. I am not very much a horror person. I am very much a scaredy cat when it comes to horror movies. I'm not the biggest fan of being of being scared. However, okay. however, I do really I, I i don't mind uh I don't mind slasher flicks. But I'm not a big fan of like uh, like the actual terror, if you will. Um that's right. that's where I start doing that. I very much my, my favorite one is kind of look, I don't know if you count it as a horror movie, but Aliens is one of my favorite oh, ones. Fantastic movie, Aliens. So that's like, you yeah, know, but they look scared the crap out of me. Loved it for the action sequences that it brought it, but like most of the time I'm sitting there going, Ah, I'm not you know, so I'm not a big I was not a big fan of it, but
0: not a big fan of it. I was a fan of it. I didn't like the feeling. Ah, uh, fair enough. You felt violated by the movie. <laughs> yeah, Terrible. <laughs> uh, Ren, what's one of your, your classics or your favorite? I'm a big fan of the uh, Conjuring universe. I, oh, think I love the really, Conjuring. It's a really
2: good theme. I think, yeah, it's well-written, well-acted, so it's horrifying. Yeah, I would yeah. recommend it to anyone.
0: For me, the the most scariest thing I've seen was the first horror. I use horror in italics here. Movie that I saw was The Mummy with Brendan Fraser.
1: Oh, that's not a horror movie. That's a that's weak. (laughs) What a co- I thought mine yeah, was no, a no, cop-out. I'll,
0: I'll give you a proper horror movie later, but I was probably like six or seven when I watched this at the cinema, yeah. and that scene where those little uh, sc- oh, scarab scarabs oh. go under your skin, yeah. I, I could not sleep for weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, sca- the scarabs freaked me out too. The, that did freak me out. I'll, look, I'll give you great that. That's a movie. Um, it was.
0: But uh, I love Hereditary. Uh, man, so many great moments in that movie. Um... But I'd say this, move, this game is kind of uh, a bit of The Conjuring, uh, and also this game is kind of like Monster House, the animated movie. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Red, uh, I know you do and love this game, so I might get you to, uh, to sort of inform our audience as to what this game is, Betrayal at the House on the Hill.
2: Absolutely. Um, normally I have someone else reading the rule books on this one, so if I do uh, step out of bounds, just feel free to jump in.
1: Don't but, worry about the rules, we just kind of care about... Can you, just a you? Review, man. Yeah, could you explain the game to someone who hasn't played it before?
2: Absolutely. So the premise of uh, the trail at the house on the hill is you and a group of friends have all turned up to this house. When you start, the house only has three revealed tiles, and that is a upper landing tile, your main lobby area, and then uh, the basement. Uh, You can move um, within the house, and there are door frames on each of the tiles. There's a varying amount of door frames, so not every tile will have more than one door. And as you move into empty spaces, you will then procedurally draw tiles from a tile stack that matches the floor you're on. Each one of those tiles will have a unique effect modifier or a um, icon that will indicate whether there is an event that takes place in the room or whether there is an omen of bad portents that happens in that room. Mm -hmm. So it's always different every time you play. There are items and omens that you collect that change the way um, the game will play for you. They will have special effects and crucially, sometimes they will change your stats. Each character will have four different stats, two mental, two physical, and a lot of the game is about adding or removing those stats, and then using those stats to make what are called trait rolls, where you usually will roll a corresponding amount of dice related to that trait in the hopes of achieving a certain value. So in a nutshell, that is effectively how the game is set up. The real yeah. fun in the game comes from what's called the haunt. Effectively, the more tiles you reveal that have omen cards on them, the more rolls you do that will try to trigger something called the haunt. If you ever roll, uh, is it more or fewer?
0: It's less than the amount of omens out at the current time. So omens are typically your horror tropes. So items that you typically find, it could be like a cursed ring. It could be a crow symbol, yeah, a madman or a spirit board, those sort of tropes.
2: Absolutely. And as usual, Ralph managed to save the day by knowing the rules. So thank you very much, Ralph. <laughs> nah,
0: that's all right. It's a clutch play.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. But once you fail a haunt roll, you trigger the haunt event and there are over 50 haunts in the base game. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds about right. There is a lot of variety to the game. And then the haunt is decided by the item that you drew in the room that you drew it in. I absolutely love this game i can understand why it's polarizing it is extremely swingy there is with a game like this it's always going to be very difficult to balance so yeah it's yeah kind
0: of but you kind of have to be okay with just it, this game is an experience you know yeah. there are there is some strategy involved uh, on your turn um but essentially, you've got to just be ready for a fun time, a bit of a laugh, and you've got to really um, indulge in those horror movie tropes in a way as well. Um, but, Red, what happens when someone actually does a haunt and, um, you know, the second phase of the game sort of begins? Yeah,
2: absolutely. This is the fun bit. One of the friends that you entered the house with or none of your friends or more than one of your friends will become the betrayer. So the traitor, traitors, or the... Uh, board game itself, depending on the haunt you draw, will have a separate set of conditions to what the heroes have. And at that point the uh, groups diverge, you form a strategy, you read through the rules and the premise for your current haunt, and then you both come back and uh, effectively try to usually kill each other. So it is fantastic fun, especially if you have a reluctant traitor because they always feel so guilty about ruining your day.
1: Yeah, Damn. I I really have mixed feelings about this game. I have played it twice, and I got to be the haunt once, in my mm-hmm. very first game. And my first haunt didn't... My haunt didn't go well for us. Sorry, it didn't go well for me. Uh, yep. I could not do anything as the bad guy. I could not kill people. I was For some reason, I was too slow. And then in the second game... I was on the, yeah, you know, effectively the Scooby Doo gang's side, and I, I was in that same position where I felt I was unstoppable. This guy, we, we were fine, and we end up winning the game. Uh, but I will come back to that because I, I don't want to hammer on what I what is what yeah, I don't we'll about like that, about. You know, it, but yeah. I do want to f- focus on a couple of things if if you don't mind me just saying though, like this game though is eighteen years old it was made the first version came out in 2004 that's when this game uh, like it it's not like i say quote unquote modern design right but what i it's not a strategic game this is as you said ralph this is a thematic experience where you and your friends get to put on your scooby-doo hats but then unlike a scooby-doo episode one of the gang was one of the was is, is, is Mr. Whitmire, who he was at it all along, and he be, ends up becoming the or she becomes the person or thing that is going to be haunting that. And, and that, in yeah. and of itself, as you said, Red, the reluctant bad guy is hilarious. When someone's like, I don't want to be the bad guy, too bad, go read your separate rule book because you now need to know how you're going to kill us.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it's. For me, it's, it is kind of one of my favorite games to show people if everyone's a mm. bit of a gamer. They're, you know, they're not a full-time gamer, but like, you know, if they're a bit of a gamer and want an experience, this is actually a great experience. You, you can have haunts that are a bit of a flop um, in a way. Um, I remember there's one particular haunt. So haunts is like a, a scenario of things that happen like it could be that the house is flooding and you need to escape but all the exits are locked and things like that it can get very stressful because the house slowly disappears but um the the game sort of starts out with you exploring the house everyone's just having a good time walking in different rooms reading horror trophy type cards and
1: (laughs) good time he says when you're all getting haunted in this spooky house
0: (laughs) when you're kind of you don't know why you're there. Every, everyone sort of starts as an investigator and investigators mm. all have different um, sort of personalities. You even get to know their hobbies and their birthday and uh, you can be a little kid, or you can be a, a, a creepy priest. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of fun to be had for the whole family. But, um, oh, uh, he says, I have to say
1: creepy priest. Oh, no, the timing.
0: Well, that's the thing. You know, the priest could be the betrayer. Who knows? Or he could be the savior. Who knows? So that's your story, and you get to develop that, and you get to that's share true. that with the people that you're playing, Yeah, uh, which is quite amazing. I've read, uh, I've actually messaged you on Facebook, just an event card because red has the most fantastic voice to read out event cards. So whenever we play the game and I give him an event card that I just encountered, I get him to read it out because it just sends shivers down my spine. It really suits the setting. So well. red, if you don't mind indulging me uh, in reading this event card, just to give people a taste as to what they're missing out on. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, am I going to have to edit in some like creepy music in the back over this yes, podcast? Please. All yes. right. that, that's yeah. what we do as well. We have a soundboard. Right. <laughs> Future neighbor, get on that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, all right, let's see. Let's, let, here we go, ladies and gentlemen.
2: i a little on the spot, but let me try channel it. Right. Here we go. <clears throat> the left hand, your hand begins to itch and then burn. The pain is overwhelming and you can do nothing but clutch your hands and scream. The scream dies in your throat when you realize you can't feel anything in it now. You attempt to wiggle your fingers and the hand move of its own accord towards your front.
0: Yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's a good example. And then, like, you as the player, you're given certain options um, that you can do in that nice. scenario, and that can benefit you or be to your detriment. Um, and what's really interesting, that there is player elimination, but you can't die before the actual haunt happens, so there's a bit of balancing in that mechanic in a way. Um, but what's interesting Depending on the haunt, some haunts, you can't die. So the, the last time I played this game, my wife was the bad guy and I decided to to shoot her with my gun. This is in the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, nothing happened. Uh, so I thought, you should, you should be dead. And I'm like, are you sure you got the rules right? Are you sure? Because uh, that always happens in this game. No one really knows because the rule book is really weird sometimes. But uh, um, that's kind of what my pet peeve is with this game, actually, is because... Some of the rules are unclear, and you you know there is that five minutes here and there where everyone's going around the internet trying to find mm. the answer to a spe- very specific scenario. Yeah. But if you, this is kind of the game where you have to sort of be okay with sort of house ruling it. And in my opinion, you can house rule this game, but do it for table balance in a way to make the game more interesting.
1: Yeah, I I agree. My biggest gripe from this stems from what. You uh, and Red also touched on, which is that this is a thematic experience that you pull out to show people that board gaming is not just, "Hey, we're going to sit down and do a mental battle, you know, a battle of wits, trying to outwit each other and trying to outthink each other." Whereas mm-hmm. instead, you can pull out betrayal and say, "Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pretend like we're all investigators, like Scooby Doo gang, and then yeah. at some point." something is going to happen and one of us is going to become the bad guy. We don't know who, we don't know what, and that's part of the experience that we're all going to find out. And so you introduce, you bring this board out, you bring it to your friends and you say, let's play. And then you get to the haunt. And it is a coin flip as to whether or not this is going to be, this is where the game can either be fantastic or it can absolutely fall down. Because when we played this game the first time, uh, my friend, he put on, uh, some spooky music in the background, right? So, we're playing the first whole half of this game, like, oh, like, what's going on? Your sanity's going down, you know, you've you have to cut your hand off, as this omen would say, you know, oh, maybe you gotta cut mm-hmm. your hand off, like, very thematic. And then the haunt happens. And then, as a player, I didn't feel like I was given the chance, to, as I said, to actually be the bad guy, right? I felt like they were just like, they maybe had a better experience because they were like, oh, we're so cool and we're juking you and we're doing stuff, but me as a bad guy, I'm like, I didn't get to kill a single person or do anything. Yeah. And I really felt like, and that's where it kind of, now for me as a board gamer, that's okay. Because I understand that, hey, there's a lot more to this game than this one haunt. I also understand where, what this product is. But if that was someone's first experience with betrayal or first experience with a thematic game, mm-hmm. that can be a problem. Because that can be the that yeah. person's first experience. And then they go, if it was a bad experience, they go and go, ah. Like, I just, I didn't Let have me, a
0: good time. That's fine. Uh, that can happen with this game. Let me share a story as to what happened to me on the very last game we played. Please our, do share. Red and our Red and our wives were playing Betrayal Legacy together, which is a game that is ever-changing, and we create our own story throughout the entire board game. Um, so I won't spoil that, but essentially the haunt started, and my wife was the bad guy, And she, the book said to move her miniature to the basement. So what I said to everyone was, whatever we do, there's no way out of the basement at the moment. Tina is stuck there. If we just don't go to the basement for a while, we're fine. We can do our objective. So what do I do? I move my figure into the next room to discover what's in the room. The game gave me a trapdoor, put me in the basement. I fell (laughs) down the stairs. I took physical damage, and then Tina killed me on her first turn. That was my first turn!
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> got a very crucial part of that, where he managed to get one move in the basement and managed to reveal a tile that was a door out of the basement.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Brow- so that- made this announcement that we were fine as long as we didn't explore the basement, then proceeded to reveal a way down to the basement, and then revealed a door out of the basement
1: <laughs> on the same <laughs>
0: So, the game oh. can be really mean to you, but I tell you what, did we share a laugh? That was hilarious in hindsight, but I was definitely not impressed.
2: <laughs> well, and and, and that, that's a very reluctant traitor as well. So, the whole time she was ruining us, she was apologizing profusely. So, it's it such a,
0: fun time. Yeah, it was like
2: I'm a so ca- A
0: Canadian uh, betrayer or something. I'm so <laughs> sorry, like, sorry I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Shoot you in the head. Oh, I don't want to yeah, do this. Yeah. Slices <laughs> off you. Oh, and that, again, as I said, right? That's my biggest gripe, right? I like the game. I love the theme and I love what it does, even though I'm not the biggest horror buff. I love what it does with that whole idea of like, this was my first experience to a very thematic game. A very game that goes, we don't, we know we don't have the, the, you know, we understand that the, the mechanics of this game are here to provide very much a theme, not like a efficiency puzzle. And I love that. I just wish... And a, a lot of people have said but try, the Legacy Edition does actually start to help this quite a bit. And a lot of does. people have said that uh in later editions of the game i believe that the haunts have been kind of balanced to allow for better play i don't it's people say yeah you know, ralph's giving me the 50 50 symbol uh but people have said it's better
0: but you know
1: look that's that's just where we are but look, would I'm i still play you, it again yeah yeah i would i would
0: Anthony mentioned this game came out in 2004 it actually just has a new edition that came out this year Um, From what I've heard, it hasn't really fixed much. Uh, I watched a Dice Tower review of it a while ago and it hasn't really fixed much. But for those people who have this game already, have played it to death, they may have repeated the same haunts because there's 50 in the box, but they're, they're random. So you might do a couple repeatedly. There's 50 brand new haunts in this new box. Right. So it's definitely worth picking up if you are a, a diehard Betrayal fan. Personally, I've played the base game a bunch. I've played the expansion a little bit. I had a really fun time with it too. Um, but we're just, we're, we're almost finished Betrayal Legacy Red. I think there's probably four games left in it, and we're planning to, to, basically nip that in the butt over the over a weekend coming up so how
1: many, how many games are actually in the um in legacy how many is it the kind of standard 12-ish kind of in a campaign or are we looking how's how does the yeah. you know, actual legacy edition play
0: so there's 13 in the game uh there's a prologue and 12 chapters and i'll tell you what we played the prologue and read. what are your thoughts on the prologue you know no spoilers but what are your thoughts on the prologue
2: enjoyed the prologue
0: sorry say I, that again
2: Sorry, yeah, no, look, I really enjoyed the prologue. Um, Obviously, no spoilers, but it was definitely a, uh, yeah, just a really good time.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, we we're, were all impressed with it. Um, so, you know, that was a perfect way to kick off a game. So if you've never played a legacy game before and you have a perfect group and this sounds like something that's up your alley... Definitely recommend you guys play that. Um, You don't even have to play the base game beforehand because the game does teach you all the rules and it doesn't really throw you in the deep end. So um, definitely get on that if, if it sounds like something you're interested in. Having
1: played nearly 8 or 9 games of this, who would you say though that the actual legacy edition is for? Would you would you like have a think and like who would you say is it for people who like legacy, is it for people who like horror? Like what what is your take on who would actually like playing because you'd have to be committed for at least what like 13 games of this?
0: Who is this for? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I suppose look, exactly, if you found, if this is up your alley, I think you know it's for you already. Um, you, you know, the cost is, you know, just a little bit more expensive than the base game uh, for the Legacy one. It is a game that you could only play through the one time. Uh, you can only play those 13 games. You could play more of it uh, after, but you wouldn't play it with different people. So I would say highly recommend it if you have a group of people that are really into this theme and that you can share that experience with them you can have a laugh um you can name your items like i found an elephant gun uh in betrayal legacy and you know it's just a weapon so it's not really a spoiler but i found the gun it's called the elephant gun so i just called it where's my elephant gun I read. Uh, who do you think uh, Betrayal Legacy is for, man?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, look. I mean, I would just kind of repeat what you've already said. You know, like Betrayal Legacy is a legacy game, so you need to be willing to part with it after you're finished. But if you do have a reliable group of people and you are interested in that thematic experience, then I really feel as though the narrative component of Betrayal, um, kind of you know speaks for itself. so and it-
0: I love how you, we're creating our own narrative with this because with legacy games, you tear cards up and we've teared cards up in this game we've been instructed to. We never read them. We literally just tore them in the shredder sort of thing uh, because it's not our story. So it'll be very interesting to play it again, uh, um, you know, if we were so inclined at some point to buy another copy and give that another go. But we really created our own story. You know, you're naming items, you you heirloom items to make them stronger because each player sort of, plays a different family or well, family line in, in a way so like the game sort of goes through different centuries and you know you're always the the montagues or something like that and red might be the capulets or something you know so um it's just really interesting and it's extremely well done uh it does have some balancing issues but in saying that the strategy is still there like and if there were people playing this game i was the trader and they were working together strategically so I couldn't attack them and they were taking me down and you know they've they really overpowered me so there's definitely a board game there uh, rather than just an experience so
1: yeah um, and look this game does lean on its theme though it is more it theme does. than mechanic heavy and we we know that right so you like you said you know what you're getting into when you're playing this game and that's what you have to be okay with and if that's not what you're feeling at that moment then you have to know that going in so yep. look I think you guys have hit the nail uh, on the head there with with that kind of kind of brief overview, I do think we are going to have to have a legacy game episode in the future because there is quite a few other legacy games that I would love to have a chat about. Definitely. Um, there's a lot of things out there. Um, I own two at the moment that I'm trying to find times <laughs> to get through in uh- <laughs> charter stone and king's dilemma so there's quite a few things there
0: i've got some brand new legacy games and i'm just waiting for someone to say yes we can commit to this and you know we're keen for it so uh you know i I still want to pick i've already played through pandemic legacy i still just want to pick up another copy to play it through again with another. same
1: i really want to play pandemic legacy all of them i want to (laughs) play one two and zero i i've I don't know anything about them, even though they've been out for as long as they have. Somehow, they haven't been spoiled yet, so they don't spoil in, in in anywhere for me. But I would be really keen to play to play those. So, look, I uh, we're actually coming up pretty close to the hour mark. This has actually been. I was surprised how long we talked about betrayal. I thought we were going to be pretty quick. Cool oh, you guys
0: have it's it's such a great game. <laughs>
1: And if you're listening to this going, oh, Anthony doesn't like it, please don't please don't misunderstand me. I actually do like this game. I have problems with it, but every game that I have problems with, I always like, there's, there's a game here and I understand what it is. So I would like to think that I think we're going to start wrapping this one up here because we don't want to be doing another an hour and a half episode every, every week. That was actually a surprise last week. Um, but before we do, I really do have to thank you, Red, for coming on and sharing this with us we have been very open uh to wanting to get some people in and you are the first you are our first guest uh and i would i want to thank you mate and i hope you've enjoyed your time i hope we haven't ribbed on you too much
2: no one thank you for having me and uh, additionally i really appreciate all of your negative
1: comments about my favorite game There it is. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming so far. Don't worry. You can, don't worry. Anyone is allowed to absolutely crap on my favorite games. And in fact, the other host will consistently do it for me. So that's fine. But we do it out of love. We do primarily because we love this game and uh, this hobby and everything that it is about. And hey, look, if it wasn't for this hobby, you may not have been friends with Ralph now. You may have just been work colleagues. But now you get to share something else, hey? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to be the end of our episode
0: for this week. Uh, Ralph, do you have any uh, shout outs that you'd like to do for us this week? Um, yeah. I just want to say thank you to Red for joining us. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking Betrayal with you, uh, even though sometimes I do feel betrayed by you. Uh, oh, you know, you're, you're an harsh. absolute gem to, to play games with. And uh, just looking forward to more of that and sharing that with our friends together. Um Read anything, uh, any sign off you would like to sort of tell the people listening?
2: You've been betrayed by your first guest. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there it is there's our there's our title for there it is i absolutely love it so look before we go i do need to give a shout out to our social media and our uh all of our things so you can go to our website at www.boardgamegateway.com you can also go to our facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash all of the links are on our website you can click and find them there uh we have a discord we have a youtube all of these things, I would love you to go and help us out. If you're enjoying what you're listening to in this podcast, please uh, feel free, please uh, maybe give us a rate on uh, Apple Podcasts, or if you just enjoyed it, tell your friend. Just say, hey, if you're into board games, maybe we can provide something uh, and get some more people into this hobby. That's why we started this podcast, and that's why we keep doing it, because getting more people in means more people for us to play games with, and more people for us to betray in Betrayed at House on the Hill. So, on behalf of myself, Ralph, and Red, I'd like to say thank you very much for spending the last hour with us we hope to see you again in the next podcast thank you for now and bye bye we'll see you later
0: see everyone
2: <laughs> 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 i'm actually like i don't not blame the music but i can hear it in my head i can hear it i'm like oh i, I, really hear that I think i'm gonna make a
0: microphone now i think we're, we should start <laughs>
2: One <laughs>